get ready to unleash your inner legal mastermind and embark on an exhilarating legal adventure. Welcome to the Legal Odyssey podcast, where we dive deep into the world of law and bring you face to face with the sharpest legal minds in America. I am thrilled to be your guide on this wild ride as we uncover the hidden secrets of the legal elite. Hello, listeners, and welcome to a new episode of The Legal Odyssey. In today's episode, we are talking to the new parents, the soon-to-be parents, those that are thinking about (laughs) the journey of parenthood. We have guest speaker, attorney Rebecca Mathias from Redwood City, California, right in the heart of the Silicon Valley, with us today to talk through estate planning as a new parent. Before we get started, I want to introduce Rebecca, attorney of Mathias Law. Welcome so much to the show, Rebecca. We are happy to have you. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here and chatting with you today. So we want to learn a little bit more about you before we jump into the details. Tell us about yourself and your journey into becoming an attorney. You know, I started off wanting to help families. I wanted to help facilitate harmonious family relationships So I actually started off in the world of family law, thinking that that was the best place to invest in the family unit. I found pretty quickly though, that's just not the case given the nature of divorce law and custody litigation and fighting over money. So I was a firm that was practicing family law and estate planning. And I just slowly transitioned over to the estate planning practice. And I found that I loved it because now I got to help prevent conflict, prevent unnecessary court appearances and unnecessary legal fees by just helping people create a really great plan. And as a wife and a mom myself with three children under this age of eight, I really feel that this is estate planning is our gift to them to make sure that they are well taken care of and that we're not leaving a big mess in case something happens to us. That is so inspiring. I'm excited to jump into some tips about estate planning for our audience because one big thing that I think is that when people hear estate planning, they often think like, oh yeah, when I'm older or that's something I need to worry about in the case that, you know, I'm sick or that I'm losing, like I'm looking at mortality, but we all are. It can happen at any point and any time. And estate planning is the best way for us to ensure there's a plan to protect us and those around us, like our littles. Um, So you mentioned that you have three littles under the age of eight. Can you talk to us just a little bit about what started going through your head in the realm of estate planning when you entered parenthood? Great question. You're exactly right. I think that there is a misnomer with estate planning, thinking I need a quote unquote estate in order to create any sort of legal documents. But the fact is that if something happened to me as a parent, if I am on a date with my husband and I get into a car accident and first responders show up to the scene and I am rushed to the hospital, I'm incapacitated, and they realize that we have somehow they figure out we have small children at home, what would happen to them? And that question really haunted me. And 
the problem is that at least here in California and in many states, when there's not a plan, the state has a plan for you. So if you don't have some clear legal document that first responders can identify right away, that the social workers could figure out that a court could look at to see what's the plan? Who's taking care of my child for the next 24 hours? Who's going to make a medical decision for them? Then the state says, we'll come up with the plan for you. We'll appoint who we think is the best for your child. And ultimately, your you can start that crazy cycle of social workers and child protective services and foster care um, and tell somebody that from your family can get into court and tell a judge, no, 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 that's not in the best interest of these children. So ultimately, our job is to try to create a plan to keep our kids' world safe, secure, and familiar, um, even if the worst happened to us. That is a perfect way to put it, Rebecca. And like you said, it's hard to think about those things happening. But when we think about, you know, what would happen to our children if that did happen, that's even more concerning, right? We have to have a plan so that we do know that they will be taken care of and all of their interests are going to be taken into consideration. So let's go into just a little bit more of the nitty gritty. (laughs) How can parents go about then appointing, let's say, a guardian for their children ahead of a difficult situation? That's a great question. So one common thought about estate planning is parents think if I create a will and I nominate a guardian in the will, I'm good to go. That's all that I need to do. The problem with a will is that a will is actually a legal document that only goes into effect upon death. So in that scenario I just mentioned, if you are just temporarily incapacitated or you're unresponsive, that will has no legal bearing on your children. So you really need a standalone guardianship document that would go into legal effect in the event of incapacity or death. And in that document, One other quick misnomer, I think, is people think I'm just going to name a guardian. They're going to raise my child until they're 18 and we're good to go. If you have named a guardian that lives 20 minutes away from your house, an hour from your house, out of state, maybe even out of country, and they're not able to get to your children in a timely manner, then there's still a gap there. Who is raising your, who's taking care of your child for that first 24 hours? So my recommendation is create a standalone legal guardian document that goes into effect upon incapacity or death and nominates a temporary guardian, maybe a neighbor, maybe a babysitter, and then also nominates a permanent guardian who's going to raise your child all the way through adulthood. This is such valuable advice. So when you, when parents start to think about who they're going to choose um, as the guardian of their children, what do you think or what tips could you tell us are some of the most important things to really consider in, in choosing that individual? Great question. So 
I actually recommend first and foremost to not consider that potential guardian's financial status. And here's why, because that's often the first thing people think of, who has enough money to care for my child? And I would argue that oftentimes if you're choosing somebody based off of their finances, you might be overlooking some other characteristics that are actually more important to you and who's raising your child. And that it's our responsibility to make sure there are enough resources for our children to be raised, that it's not the guardian's responsibility. And one easy way to do that is often with term life insurance, for instance. That's a very cheap, easy way to make sure there's enough funds to raise your child. Um, but most importantly, I will always recommend you know, to parents, just spend five minutes and envision your ideal scenario. Write down those characteristics and values and what would be the dream environment for your children. And that really helps bring clarity as to what are your non-negotiables about who you want raising your child. And then at that point, then you can make your list as to who might fit, but make sure that your values come first and then match those potential guardians to your value system. Okay, that is such perfect advice for the audience because like you said, I think some a lot of the time our first thought is like, okay, who can financially care for my child? Who could take on the expense of raising my child. And I like that you like maybe want to take that into consideration, but ultimately the way we consider that is by putting it into our own hands and taking responsibility there. And I love how you mentioned just very briefly the life insurance because it just, again, throws in the point of having somebody in your corner to help you through that process and ensure that you are taking the steps that you need to have the resources for your child set out should something happen. Okay, this is perfect. So on the other hand, you know, when you don't have these critical documents in place, you don't have the correct, you know, um, details put in place of the first 24 hours, etc. Can you just briefly explain the legal process that does occur in California if some kind of unforeseen accident occurs and, you know, there's nobody set to take place for the child, to take care of the child that is under 18? Great question. So in California, we have this really fun process called probate court. Probate court is long. It can take one to two years. It's so expensive. And ultimately, it puts all of the decisions about what's happening with your assets and your children in the hands of a judge. And now a judge is going to be deciding who's caring for your child, um, what or how are your assets being distributed instead of you? And so with the probate court process in California, um, usually it begins with somebody filing a petition for probate and somebody else could be filing a petition for guardianship over your child. Um, so those can be different people or it could be the same because ultimately you can actually 
have somebody raising a child and somebody else in charge of your money for that child. Um, and so in California, when a judge ultimately decides who would, who is the best person to be in charge of your estate and who's the best person to be raising your child, they're going to appoint a guardian of the person and a guardian of the estate. Um, and this whole process is public. It becomes part of the public record. So I always like to just point out that it does put creditors and predators on notice that there's money getting distributed and that there are children involved. And it can disclose a lot of personal information about you, your finances, your children. Um, so it is, it can be quite a headache for friends and family. It's something when we're making these plans, a lot of the times, right, we're not we're not thinking about ourselves. We're thinking about our children. We're thinking about those around our children that are going to step in to help. And how how are we going to support them now? Like you said, how can we give them the financial resources, but also a resource for a plan? <laughs> what to do now? What's next? What decisions did you want us to make? Because we don't know. <laughs> um, and so I think that's such an important piece to you know bring to light. So when people do start looking for an estate planning attorney, I'm sure you've talked to many, many clients and potential clients <laughs> that you start to see a pattern maybe of some of the biggest challenges that people run into when they are, you know, hiring that estate planning attorney. Can you talk through some of these challenges and just maybe some things you've seen individuals do to overcome the challenges? That's a great question. So in our fast paced world, and especially for parents who are in the thick of it with raising their children, having their jobs, maintaining life, I do notice that the tyranny of the urgent can overwhelm them, meaning that you end up doing whatever is most urgent in front of you and often you're neglecting what is most important, but maybe not as time sensitive in your life. And also I do think that sometimes people are intimidated by working with attorneys as well. And I think that in the legal profession, we can sometimes be guilty of speaking legalese. And talking in such a way that people don't even know what we're talking about. And so I have had a lot of clients say to me, I could not understand the attorney. I could not understand what they were trying to explain. I did not understand what they were telling me to do. And it seemed like they had an opinion and they were telling me do this, but I never really fully grasped those um, legal concepts. So I think that First and foremost, the most important thing is to find an attorney that you just like and that you can understand. Um, and that can be a deal breaker because if you don't understand what the documents even say, I know that sometimes you might not understand every word, then it's very likely that you're not going to have a plan that is what you want um, at the end of the day. Um, the second thing is, I think that with the tyranny of the urgent, it is really important to try to find a, an attorney that can streamline the process for you and have a really clear timeline and deadline and reverse engineer those deadlines so that this is not a project that just 
continues on perpetuity for years and you never finish it and it's just hanging on the back of your head and the, on the back of your mind as a to-do, you really want to make sure, sure that somebody is super clear and tells you we're finishing on this date and it's you're going to be good to go on this date. And that way you know that this is going to be a short, seamless, efficient process to work through. How, how common is it, Rebecca, for an estate planning attorney to provide a free consultation? You know, I think that it is fairly common. And most attorneys are pretty generous on the front end. You know, I always do a meet and greet with my clients, for instance. Um, but I think that you can tell a lot with just even those initial interactions. How quickly do they get back to you? Um, how responsive are they to your questions? How open are they? Um, are you just talking with their assistant the entire time? Um, because also that's just another just note. Sometimes, depending on how complex your situation is, um, if you're at a big firm, which big firms are amazing for certain types of situations, but you may not get the attorney's attention or time or their actual legal work on a lot of it. You might actually be working with a paralegal for most of that process. So I think that it's just overall pretty important to right away, make sure you're getting timely responses in person um, with that attorney. Yes, gauging that communication, because if you, you know, if that communication isn't initially going well, then like you said, when you're trying to understand your estate planning or, or your entire plan, <laughs> you're going to have difficulty picking out the parts that, you know, don't make sense or ensuring, like you said, it says what you want it to say. So thank you so much, Rebecca, for sharing all of your extremely valuable wisdom and expertise today. We really, really have gained so many valuable tips by having you on the show. Oh, thank you so much. It's so it's been so fun to chat with you about this. And I am so glad that hopefully there's a nugget or two that parents can take away um, as they're thinking through these issues. Absolutely. I know that there's several nuggets I'm taking away <laughs> from this conversation because I myself have a three-year-old of my own and I will admit that I was one of those that didn't think estate planning when I came into parenthood. Um, but after talking to you, Rebecca, that has very clearly shown to be something I want to get on top of. <laughs> get on top of it and don't let the tyranny of the urgent <laughs> distract you. <laughs> Exactly. Well, and when you say it, I was like, oh, yep, because that is exactly what it is for me. You know, it's what is it that we have to deal with now? Okay, let's handle that. But again, like you said, looking into our future, our children's future, and making sure that everything's going to be set in place the best that we can, at least, um, for them is so, so critical. Agreed. A hundred percent. So that is all for today's episode of The Legal Odyssey. Remember, listeners, that this podcast is not legal advice, but it is a captivating exploration of the secrets that will have you feeling confident in each life change. Until next time, stay legally empowered.